0: Exploring the mysteries of life and the cosmos with an overwhelming desire to uncover buried truth, discovering whether or not human beings purposefully manipulated the world or something more spiritual has happened or is happening. Researching a wide range of topics such as conspiracies, religion, spirituality, science, health, and history, Apple of Perception delves into the beyond, where nothing is off-limits. This is Apple of Perception podcast. If the world is an enigma, then everyone is either telling their own truths and or we're all pathological liars. Because everything is consciousness, choice dictates reality, and the truth is within. Recording from Niagara Falls, New York, I am your host, Joseph Edward Vinay. We're going to get back into the reading of my book, Apple of Perception. It is My Personal Philosophy, Occult Information and a self-help book, and you get all of this information for free just by listening right here on the Apple of Perception podcast. Apple of Perception, Part 2, Chapter 6, Apotheosis. Apotheosis is the pinnacle achievement of spiritual development for an individual. There are endless pathways for one to take to get there. Once divinity is accepted and brought into one's life, the clarity that leads to this goal becomes more defined. By mastering the spiritual concepts that lead to this perfection, its aspirants have been known to perform miracles. For most, it remains an enigmatic concept, because its truths lie outside the confines of the earth. To obtain apotheosis is to truly know God, and this is the ultimate goal for each of our souls. Apotheosis is defined as the highest point in development of something. It also means the elevation of man to divine status, from the Greek apotheon, to make a god, to deify, implies a polytheistic conception of gods. It also recognizes that some individuals cross the dividing line between gods and men. It is assumed that godhood associated with such characters as the Greek pantheon of gods is mythical. It also has been proposed that the myths have something to do with ancestor worship or reverence for the dead. Some assume that godhood has been attributed to past rulers as a method of mere flattery it is uncommon today to assume that the myths of godhood were literal, though it is often observed that mankind has had in the past, has always had the ability of achieving, and has to some degree at all times a godlike potential that goes unseen. These abilities have been recognized throughout all of time, and are usually likened to the ability and product of prayer. The potential of this power is directly related to the spiritual purity of the individual. Where does this quest for spiritual purity begin? For Christians, it is possible that this journey begins with the sacrament of baptism. All religions have rite of passage rituals that bring their members through a type of spiritual advancement. Although, throughout history, there has always been a service offering all mankind a separate form of advancement outside the confines of religions. From ancient Egyptian mystery schools taught by Hermes Trismegistus, whose reincarnated governance of the craft has been attributed to the widely similar worldly works of Toth, Hermes, Heca, Asclepius, Merakacha, Bochaca. Tubal etc., to the schools governed by King Solomon, Pythagoras, and all the way to Freemasonry today. This mystical lineage mirrors the manifestations of the Vidas, the reincarnations of Maitreya Buddha. They are many accounts of physical men who come to the people from a place of purity to teach spiritual truths, whom in many cases was the same man, in the cases of Varacacha and Solomon, who claimed to travel a flying carpet or machine in order to perform missionary work for the whole world. (laughs) All truths were taught with separate but similar myths, and varied in traditions, and all held and still hold deeper spiritual meaning. No matter what path is chosen, spiritual truths are always within our grasp. Most mystery schools have a symbolic lodge room where groups of practitioners perform their ritual. King Solomon's Temple is proposed to be a symbolic representation of the mind of God. Initiates to the craft are always brought in from the West. Some medieval rabbis claim that today's western wall at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem is a surviving wall of the original Temple of Solomon, and caution Jews from approaching it lest they enter the temple precincts in a state of impurity. A quote by the Freemason Carl H. Cloudy, Man is born without raiment. He is born helpless. He is born dependent upon those who love him for everything that makes life possible. The candidate for the entered apprentice degree must be born again before he is really entered. And when his preparation is so regarded, the rite becomes solemn, convincing, sacred. There is no humor in it, nor any intention or desire to wound the most sensitive feelings. The initiate does but go the same way as all good brothers who have preceded him through the west gate." Quote. Freemasons today recognize and respect a similar concept of the western wall of Temple Mount with the western doors of the lodge room. A Mason is essentially one who has acknowledged what spiritual purity is and has vowed to ever work towards it. That is the first step towards spiritual understanding. Throughout the degrees of Freemasonry, a Mason learns the methods in which to purify himself. He studies the world around him and works to obtain a gnosis or nirvana state of understanding, and with that wisdom, he can see that his own apotheosis is potentially obtainable. For most, the work is never completed during their lifetime. The Monomyth, as presented by Joseph Campbell, vaguely represents the journey of a Freemason through the degrees. It has been used as a template for telling stories by Hollywood, Disney, and others for many years. It can be found in a broad category of tales that involve a hero who goes on an adventure and in a decisive crisis wins a victory and then comes home changed or transformed. It is important to note that the adventurer must choose to answer the call before he begins the journey, as that is the required first step for spiritual growth, choosing to believe in deity. Then, the adventurer seeks out his cause, his journey. He chooses to seek out deity. In doing so, the adventurer comes back changed. His ignorance of deity dies. This is the symbolic return of the king, the realization that the true throne of conscious power over the world rests within oneself. Prophecy in the Bible talks about the return of the Messiah coming through the Eastern Gate of Jerusalem. Not often is it publicly disclosed, but the truth in understanding the wisdom offered by all myth is that this prophecy is symbolic of the temple within man. The prophecies are technically not talking about the physical place on earth but a symbolic change within our hearts, and both things may happen simultaneously. Freemasons understand this concept as their journey through their lodge room from the west to the east. For the followers of Jogchen, ancient teachings of Tibetan Buddhism, The pinnacle achievement is known as the great perfection. Upon realizing the great perfection, practitioners' bodies transform into a light body. The key to turning into a light body is based on one simple but hard-to-do premise. Love everything, all the time. Of course, it goes much deeper than that, such as the recitation of mantra, performance of mudra, and visualization as well as wisdom awareness observing the egolessness, emptiness, and impermanence of all phenomena. All sound is heard as mantra, awareness of thoughts is the primordial dharmakaya, and appearances are the mandala of deities. At the highest levels of this teaching, telepathy and clairvoyance are achieved, along with complete enlightenment. The light body transformation is known in many cultures by various names in Sufism, the most sacred body or super celestial body, in Taoist, the diamond body, the immortals, and the cloud walkers, in yoga schools and tantrics, the divine body, in Kriya Yoga, the body of bliss, in Vedanta, the superconductive body. The ancient Egyptians called it the luminous body or being ak or the karast. In Gnosticism, the perfect body. In Hermetus Corpus, the immortal body. In alchemical tradition, the emerald tablet calls it the golden body. In Tibetan Buddhism, the rainbow body. Tibetan Buddhism has ongoing reports of the rainbow body to this very day, in which people transform their physical bodies into a new rainbow-colored energetic form after many years of practice. In many cases, they would complete this process of transformation by meditating in a cave. When they come out, And are ready to graduate to this next level of their own evolution, they will often push their hand or foot directly into stone. Their light body achievement is confirmed by this softening of stone as a sign of spiritual power over the physical world. Some of these handprints and footprints have been photographed and published online. There are fully 160,000 documented cases of the rainbow body in Tibet and India alone. Apotheosis, or the rainbow body concept, has been the goal of many within the occult. It is the inspiration for transhumanism, advancing human capability through means of science and technology. Inspired by the works of H. P. Blavatsky and Friedrich Nietzsche, Adolf Hitler employed the Anna Nerbe, a dark Nazi occult group, to develop an Übermensch army for his war efforts. The fallible concept of a master race started a quest for power and a movement that practiced eugenics, racism, and war, all due to weighing heavily on one end of a polarized concept. They didn't follow the middle path nor did they understand any semblance of spiritual purity. This Übermensch concept is where the idea for Superman comics came from, but seen in a purer light. As taken from Blavatsky and Nietzsche's interpretation of mysticism, all men have within them the ability to obtain this godhood, and one day a golden age will come where all of us indeed will obtain it. Thus began the comic book age of superheroes, our gods of the modern day. The superheroes act now as the characters of the pantheons of old did for mankind in the past, inspiring us to be our best and that we too can be like them. The symbol the Ananerbe were said to worship was that of the black sun. It is essentially a sun wheel. The Sun Wheel is an ancient symbol featuring an equal-armed cross within a circle. It is quite a popular spiritual symbol that has been discovered in the iconography and religious art of a number of prehistoric cultures across the world. It is also known by the alternative names of Sun Cross, Wheel Cross, Solar Cross, Pagan Cross, Woden's Cross, and Odin's Cross. Throughout history, the Sun has always been worshipped and considered to be all powerful, supreme, and a preserver. It is supposed to control the actions and impact of the planets as well as their moons. The Sun Wheel symbol is believed to invoke the great cosmic powers to bless the Earth with fertility, life, abundance, prosperity, and peace. The cross in the Sun Wheel divides the circle with four parts, which are said to be representative of the solar calendar and are marked by the solstices. They symbolize the four annual seasons that have a very significant influence on the agricultural cycles. This symbol originated in ancient Mu as the circle, then a point within the circle then as a swastika, and has been misunderstood for thousands of years. The swastika was known in Mu as Hydra. It represented the four primal powers which came from the divine source. This alluded to physicality's symbolism of man's four appendages, the four corners of the earth, and the galactic cross. It was a spiritual symbol of truth that was admired by all in antediluvian culture. Due to the connotation that Nazi Germany and Marvel Comics have given to the swastika and the Hydra, it can be understood that there has been a massive misconception of these sacred images in modern times. A quote from the Bible, Ezekiel 1.10, their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being, and on the right side of each had the face of a lion, and on the left the face of an ox, each also had the face of an eagle." Quote. The galactic cross is formed by the zodiacs the sun appears in during its equinoxes and solstices, Just over 2,000 years ago, it crossed into Pisces, Virgo, Gemini, and Sagittarius. Civilizations around the world have been prophesying for thousands of years, a time when the Galactic Cross enters into Aquarius the Man, Leo the Lion, Taurus the Bull, and Scorpio, which was represented as an eagle before it became a scorpion. These are the four creatures in Ezekiel's vision. They are also the representatives of the writers of the four Gospels in the New Testament Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ezekiel's vision of the angel was an amalgam of these primal forces that emanate from the divine source, just like that of the swastika. This same concept is reflected in the much older Sumerian Sphinx, Lamasu, which has the head of a man, body of a bull and lion, and an eagle's wings. This concept is synonymous with the four-headed Hindu god Brahma. These symbols were meant to represent the concept of all creation. They show primal forces emanating in the center and the epitome of God's reach in the stars. It is a conscious reminder that God is within. And as God works through man, reality is set into place. Like voices in our heads, the angels and demons, the elemental gods, jinns and netters, etc., are emanations of our own mind. They represent concepts. The seal of Solomon represents the mastery over these forces. It represents the understanding of maya, the illusion of physical reality in Hinduism. It is a reminder that all these things are a part of the divine whole and that physical reality is a reflection of the spiritual workings within. The seal of Solomon has been confused in its meaning due to the stories of Solomon sealing 72 demons to do his bidding. This story is more of an allegory for the truth, but it is also literal. The number 72 comes from the observance of the stars in the physical heavens. It is the number of years it takes for the entire star chart to shift one degree. It is also the number of names made with the tetragrammaton. The confusion of these things is wrought by man's fallen state. When a man believes that the creation rules over him, instead of God within him ruling over the creation, the 72 represents the gods of ancient religions that are found within the stars such as the myth in ancient Sumer. These gods are called demons to those that understand the truth because they are merely demonstrators of the conscious work that occurs within. To have power over demons is the concept of the seal. Through this understanding, great works can be achieved. This is the same concept that is revealed with the Kava Blackstone in Mecca that is surrounded by the old statues of the 360 gods. The worship of many gods often turns into recognizing them as mere idols. Their power over the people is revealed as myth, and power is restored to the people. In the painting The Apotheosis of George Washington in the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C., We see Washington sitting in the inner inner triangle amongst the angels. The triangle represents the triune god and is the aspects of the divine center. Around the edges of the circle are six gods, dividing the major powers belonging to the 72 stars that form the perimeter of the circle. The painting symbolizes the mastery that Washington portrayed in his life by putting him on par with the divine within a seal of Solomon. It is understood in the Zohar, a book on mystic Judaism, that the Elohim of the Bible were on par with the divine. This painting likens Washington to the achievement of Enoch, the Metatron of the Talmud. Men becoming gods is a concept in mystical spirituality that is constantly reoccurring and debated upon. Spiritual perfection relies heavily on only using invocations. Invocation is likened to white magic as it invokes the true God within to manipulate the creation. Evocation is likened to black magic as it evokes the concepts that exist within the creation. Practitioners of magic know that evocations always come with a price. This is because in practicing evocation, we literally make a sacrifice with our eternal minds. We choose to attribute power to being within the thing that is within the creation that we evoke, and take it away from the source of power that is within. If apotheosis is your goal, you are to bow before no one or thing but the eternal God within. However, it is admissible to evoke the eternal God within others, and to bow to them in reverence to the same, as this is truly an invocation. When raised to understand spiritual wisdom, one can invoke all the same magic used in evocation without the consequences. The application of this ability in the modern world is likened to healing without medication, living without aging having accidents without injuries, or communicating over long distances without a technological device. These miracles are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they are the eight clear senses of clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairaudience, clairempathy, clairsentience, clairtangency, clairsalience, and clairgustance, all of which are obtained via honing one's spiritual purity raising their awareness and vibration of their conscious centers. If apotheosis is possible, it must be done in communion with the eternal God within, by aligning oneself with divine will. In no way is the transhumanist method of apotheosis possible by combining ego with godly powers. To give in to the ego is to make gods of demons. Sacrifices to false gods are something we are all guilty of until we perfect ourselves. Until one obtains spiritual purity, they will never fully know the ruling power that comes from within. Also, if it is possible, then those who have never opened their mind to it will never discern evidence of it due to the Prime Directive. The Prime Directive is an intrinsic part of our reality to where one must accept that there is a divine presence before they are given any proof. No matter how hard believers push the truth upon non-believers, there will always be concepts lacking in the relay of information for the non-believer to fail to grasp. The Prime Directive is the covenant that gives man the ability to choose any path he desires. It is the assurance of free will within the creation. To know of it is to understand the allegory of Plato's cave. The universe as we know it is a creation of the foolish god of Gnosticism. In other words, it is a projection of the shared consciousness of our fallen nature. Astrological predictions of celestial bodies determining our destiny is only an implication. The studies into our sciences to understand the world around us is the same as holding up a mirror to the unknown God of Gnosticism, our true creator and eternal God within. All we perceive with our physical bodies is a reflection of the inner workings of the collective consciousness. In our fallen nature, our physical environment is a powerful suggestion towards our behavior. Physically, behavior has been being modified via frequencies since before the times of ancient Egypt. Tools like the jet pillars, the caduceus rod of the pharaohs and caesars, even directed intentions like prayer and spell work intentionally alter behavior on a physical level. Also, when people worship symbols, they too resonate with power our physical bodies are always being suggested to behave a certain way due to our environment. The fallen nature of man is the ignorance to the truth that we are we are the conduit-like progenitors of the environment in the first place, and that God dwells within man. Those that do not know this truth become slaves to false gods. To advance spiritually, We have to choose to be stoic about life. We need to follow the middle path and have the constitution to transmute the energies around us to overcome any detriments. We must get past the dark night of the soul, of experiencing the fear of the unknown. Own it. We have always had free will. We can only be subject to suggestions. The light we see in our waking world is a demonstration of the inner workings of our soul. The demons and angels are fractal pieces of conscious thought. The cosmic egg of Hinduism suggests this same truth. The kingdom of heaven, as taught by Jesus Christ, is the same. This is the interpretation the Gnostics have been trying to inform humanity of since the fall of man thousands of years ago. Toth and the Vedas of Hinduism, and many others who have felt the truth within their heart, were technically Gnostics. This is the ability of clear cognizance. Knowledge comes from the communion with the Divine. It is a sudden knowing of something to be true, even though you didn't see it, hear it, or feel it. It is experienced as a constant nagging of an idea or unrelenting thought much like the persistent awareness that someone is lying to you when you have no physical evidence of it. It is how this work, apple of perception, has been put together. Mankind has always had this capability. The Sacred Heart of Jesus reflects this same concept. It is the weighing of our sins upon our heart. When we acknowledge power coming from our environment, our hearts feel heavy and when we acknowledge that true power comes from God alone, our hearts feel light. Through the discernment of our own individual interpretation of our environment, we judge ourselves. It is through this lens of understanding that physical reality presents us itself and always has exactly what we were prepared for, and nothing more. The spiritual heart is the source of the apple of perception. All we see are signs that we are meant to interpret the meaning thereof. Another quote from the Bible, Matthew 18, verses 18 through 20. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if you too of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them." This is what is meant by the alchemical teaching, as above, so below. This biblical passage portrays the true tesseract nature of heaven and earth. It also shows that physical existence is brought on by multiple sources of invisible energy. Multiple people having the same intention aligned with the divinity within, culminate in the manifestation within the creation. Manifestation can also occur when one is enlightened through inner harmony of mind, body, and spirit, having our subconscious mind agree with our conscious and superconscious mind obtaining this power is to perfect the cornerstone within your spiritual temple this is the secret of the divine trinities the mystery of the triune god the refuge of the three jewels and the chintamani stone of eastern cultures the wish fulfilling jewel this is the secret of the philosopher's stone The same message is repeated to us over and over in different ways. Their concepts may vary slightly, but that is for the reason of introducing divine truths to varieties of peoples. The understanding of this is also unique to the individual. The message can feel redundant as the world around us has been presenting this truth constantly in different ways. The ultimate conclusion is the realization of reality as we know it as being a conscious mirror of the interworking of the soul. It's all a dream. It comes to each of us to decide whether or not to wake up. Heaven on earth can be an individual accomplishment when one achieves a type of enlightenment and finds peace within. Heaven on Earth is also the hopes for our collective future, a place in time and space that the ascended souls go to to dwell in peace. It is the prophesied Golden Age, the time when the Galactic Cross appears in Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, and Scorpio, the time when the King of the World told the Lamas of Tibet that the Agardi people would come to the surface the revelation of the Bible, the returning of the four legs of the Dharma, these concepts are a prediction of the future and hope of a time when we all choose to wake up. All we can do is keep trying to spread the word. The obligation of the missionary belongs to all who are initiates of this truth. With the aid of others' symbols, ritual, and spiritual interpretations, or without, the divine within reflects spiritual truth at all times. These rules are the foundations of the earth. Eternally, spiritual law functions with or without the understanding of it. Gnosis is merely a state of knowing you've been in control this whole time. Apotheosis is to know and to willfully take hold of the reins. That wraps it up for Part 2, Chapter 6, Apotheosis. Stay tuned for our final chapter, Method, so that you can learn how to apply these teachings to your life. Remember you can support this program by purchasing a copy of Apple of Perception by J. E. Venet available on kindle and paperback through amazon until next time i am joseph edward take it easy and be excellent